Welcome to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast, where we talk about topics and resources that help you lead more to reach more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. And welcome to another edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. My name's Tom Bump, and I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on this episode as we look at what do I do next? I know a lot of you are jumping into late summer Bible schools or camps or different activities and outreaches where you're starting to look at what next. You're, this stuff's in front of you, but you already know fall is not that far away. The return to school is not that far away for many of you. And you're wondering, what do we do next? And how do we launch fall programming? For a lot of you, that raises your stress level. I pray this episode will help (laughs) encourage you and give you some thoughts and ideas of how to make an impact regardless of where you are, what's going on in your community, in your culture, as we move out of this pandemic. For some of you that are listening internationally, I know you're still in the middle of it, but I hope this will encourage your hearts as well. As always, if you ever need any help, if you want someone to walk beside you, it's proven everyone does better with a coach. I do have some openings at kmccoach.net. If you would be interested, and trust me, don't think you can't afford a coach. And when you look for a coach, find someone that can be fully committed and fully devoted to you. I'm not saying this to throw shade at any other coaches out there. There are a ton of ministry coaches now. When I first started this several years ago, uh, there weren't hardly any coaches in children's ministry, family ministry. But now there's a bunch of people who call themselves ministry coaches or consultants. Let me just share with you what I do at KMC Coaching. KMC Coaching is a highly individualized program. There is no set curriculum There's no course to purchase. It's you and I sitting down and me asking a lot of questions to clarify, to understand, so that I can grab a hold of what is God's vision that he's laid on your heart and how do I help you get there. But I'm not going to just tell you how to get there. We're going to work together and draw out what's in your heart because God's already given you a plan. You just have to mine for it. You have to do some heart work for it. And one of the honors and privileges I've had working with many, many leaders is helping them find how to move out of a maintenance structure into a growth structure, how to build solid leadership teams, how to build solid volunteer teams, and how to create incredible programming that draws children and families to your ministry. So if I can be of service, check out kmccoach.net sign up for a free consultation call where we can sit down and talk and make sure we're the right fit. If we're not the right fit to each other, then I have coaches that I would highly recommend you check out and talk to. Uh, If I, for some reason, don't fit your budget, which would be a shock to me because I'm one of the most affordable coaches on the planet. uh, Hey, my heartbeat is to help you. And I do this full time. I'm not distracted with a bunch of other things. What I do with restoring leaders and KMC coaching is all 100% focused on you, my fellow laborers for Christ. So anyway, 
coaching is important. And sometimes as we think about what do I do next, that's one of the things I know when I was in full-time ministry as a children's pastor, having my coach available to me at being able to call him and, and ask questions and to get another set of eyes on the scene to see things that I wasn't seeing was so incredibly helpful to help me process. So let me share a few things. If I were to come alongside you, not knowing all of your situation, I want to try to give you a few thoughts today of how you can think about what do I do next? Let's talk about if you're in this season of doing Bible schools or soccer camps, or you're doing some kind of outreach that you're sharing the gospel, but you're trying to attract new families, unchurched families to your ministry. What should you be thinking about next? Well, hopefully you went into the program with already a follow-up program in place that you know, here's what's going to happen before these kids leave our, our campus or wherever we're doing our, our event, we're going to be giving them certain pieces of information to hand to their families, to get into their hands and to get into their hearts and heads about this is why we do what we do. You need to be promoting what's coming ahead. Now, maybe you don't have any other events this summer. So you're going to be thinking about when is our fall kickoff? When's move up Sunday? What can we promote and present to these kids and their families to get them excited about coming back? I usually always recommend, and I know it's hard, but if you've got, if you've got a team that's devoted to Bible school, then you can have a team that's devoted to Sundays. And sometimes they are the same team, and I know it. But I always tried to have something special the Sunday following a big event. I wanted something to give them a reason to come back to the next Sunday while the iron was still hot, while they were still excited about our event. And so many churches miss this. And I know because we're tired, we want to just walk away and take a break for a little bit. But I always tell people, dig deep one more time and have something planned special for that next weekend. If not that first Sunday, then the very next Sunday. Give yourself a week's rest. That's fine sometimes. Uh, sometimes I plugged in my own vacation right after vacation Bible school because I knew I was going to need that rest before I could be at my best. But that very next Sunday, we had something big to draw families back to our church. So plan your fall kickoffs. Uh, maybe a parenting seminar where you can show parents how to be better parents. There's some great ones out there. The National Center for Biblical Parenting has some great parenting workshops. Uh, I'm a presenter for one of them, so I am biased uh, about what we do and how we present really helpful information to help parents be better parents and to work with their child's heart. But find something like that. There's a lot of great events out there like Kids Blitz and, and uh, uh, the Engage Ministry and, and Yancey. And there's so many out there that have uh, Jerry Moyer that you could bring in for a weekend and celebrate and, and just wow families about that you care about them. Find something big that you can draw people back to and let them know you're more than just a one event thing in a church but you've got a bigger picture and a strategy for them. Now, I would also say not only follow-up, but you need to use your big events in the summertime as recruitment tools. Yes, you need to be actively recruiting people during this time. Start watching for people that really stand out. 
that really demonstrate a heart for the kids. You'll see parents and teenagers that you've never noticed before all of a sudden jump out and you need to go to them personally and say, hey, I want to personally invite you to consider joining our team this fall. I've watched how you've served this week. I've watched how you've connected with the kids and we need leaders like you. You would be a perfect fit to be a small group leader, or you would be a perfect fit to be a worship leader, or you'd be a perfect fit to be a greeter, uh, a sound person, whatever you need in your ministry, know your needs, and then go talk to those people. Help them see the bigger picture that, man, if you enjoyed this week of ministry, I have something where you can make a greater impact for the kingdom of heaven. You can have an opportunity to make a greater impact with children. You loved connecting with these kids. How about showing up every other week or every week, depending on whatever your setup is or once a month, but I, I, I hope you're going to every other week at least to say, we want you to connect with these kids. We want them to see your faces because man, the, the, the more consistent you are, the deeper the discipleship can go. And if you had a blast this, this week, you could have a blast all year long. And we would love to talk to you more about serving on our team. Be ready. Give them that application. Have it ready for them. Make it simple. Uh, encourage them to just come and visit your Sunday morning experiences and invite them in the door. It's so important that you use this summer as a recruitment tool. If you're not recruiting during VBS and soccer camps and whatever else events you're doing, you're missing a golden opportunity. Now, I understand there are some people that that's the only time they will serve. I had a team of people like that, that I knew I could count on them. And so after a little bit, you can kind of know and update your database to say, hey, this, this is a, a VBS serving only person. I'm not going to ask them to come because you don't want to frustrate them into not serving the next summer because you're recruiting them during the fall. Now you can mention in a larger setting that, hey, we need people like you, but leave that before the Lord. But there will be some people that you just know because of availability, the summer is the only time they're available. So recruit away, but don't miss that opportunity to not only promote for the fall, but recruit for the fall as well. So that leads me to the next thing. What am I going to be doing next? Well, what's your fall program plan? Don't wait until late August to figure this out. You need to be figuring it out right now. This is the time of year where you need to be sitting before the Lord and asking him, what's the plan for the fall? Don't just rely on the curriculum um, sequences to tell you what to do. Make sure it fits with where you're going and where the children are and where your community is. But you, for one of the things that I encourage as I'm working with a coaching student is to know your numbers. Do you know how many children you have on a regular summer and a regular fall weekend? Do you know the differences? What's your trends? Take a look at the last couple of years and see. Now, I know the pandemic has changed things and we're all running less than what we used to run. So, okay, that's the new now right now. So how do we handle that? What are our numbers right now post-pandemic? What, how many kids can we expect and how many volunteers do we have solidly committed on our rosters? Where are the gaps? What age groups need more help? What age groups could we shift some things? Where have our numbers shifted? 
sometimes we'll have an age group like the third or fourth grade that are big and the kindergarten or first grade are small, but then all of a sudden it could shift. Do you know realistically what your numbers are? It's frightening how many times I ask leaders, do you know your numbers? Well, we have about, well, have you checked it? Have you run your roles and really saw on a spreadsheet? And I, I don't even love spreadsheets, but I will tell you, you need to know what your hard numbers are. Don't guesstimate, know it. Um, when I, again, when I'm coaching my students, one of the things that we do is we go through and we look at the hard numbers. We want to see realistically, what do we have to work with? How many volunteers, how many kids do we have? Let's look for the trends and then we can start building our new structures. We can start planning ahead. We can start looking at our calendars and figuring out what events are we going to do? How are we going to celebrate Move Up Sunday if you happen to do that in the fall? What kind of a big deal do you make over it? Because you ought to make a big deal over it. How are you going to engage those kids that are moving up into the student ministry? You need to start talking with the student ministry leadership. How are they going to come in and introduce themselves? How are, you, how are, how are the kids going to go over and, and check out the student ministry so they can see what it's like and take away that fear? Same with the preschool side. When are you going to bring some preschoolers into the regular environment with the elementary kids so they can see what it's like and meet their small group leaders and take away that fear of transitions? You need a plan for that. You need to know what are we going to do next? When it comes to handling the moving up of children, how am I going to celebrate that next phase of life? Also, how am I going to help parents with that transition? What information do parents need when their kids are moving into the middle school ministry? And what do they need when they're moving out of preschool ministry into the elementary? Leaders, you need to be thinking on having a plan about how to do this. If you're not sure, again, this is where getting a coach is good. I see people asking on Facebook all the time, hey, give me your plans. Well, you listen, you don't know the context or the culture of what somebody's sending you. And that's a very dangerous and not a good way of being a leader. Um, sit before the Lord and pray about this. Get some perspective from some of your team, um, some of your senior leadership before you go out and throw it out on Facebook. Okay. Just saying, I think it's important. But you also need a plan on what if God doubles your numbers this fall? What if all of a sudden we see such a cultural shift that you find yourself double the number of children that you've had before you came into the summer months? Are you ready for it? Could you handle it? Can your model handle it? You see, sometimes we're so stuck on running the model that we've been running pre-pandemic that we think that's the only way to do ministry. Maybe you have been large group, small group model. Maybe you need to shift to a kid's church model. Maybe you're a kid's church model and you need to shift to a large group, small group model. If you're not sure how to do that, and if you don't have a plan to do either one or both, you need those plans. A good leader already knows and anticipates what's coming and is prepared for it so that you're not caught off guard. You also bring your key leadership into the planning so that they too know how to roll and switch if need be. So get your team involved. 
start meeting with them and thinking about how they can be involved in this. When it comes to recruiting, get your team involved. Get your extroverts out there. Give them a script, give them a list, and turn them loose going after the volunteers that you need. If you're going to run a large group, small group model, you need a lot of volunteers. It's volunteer intensive. You've got to make sure that you know your numbers, you know how many kids are moving up and where they are and how many leaders do you need per service. And if you need more, then you've got to get recruiting right now. You've got to get people committed right now. You've got to get them trained and, and vision cast right now. And so turn people loose. It's not all on you. Remember, scripture says the leader is to do the work of the ministry, but we're to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. It's not all on us. God wants to equip us so that we can equip others to help them do the ministry. I would encourage you to create that list. Give your volunteers some gift cards for coffee and let them loose. And then you follow up on prospects. Uh, after those people have visited with them, have them let you know, then you do a second call where you can, again, share some more vision, ask some questions, and figure out where is the best place for them to take a test drive themselves. Give them a chance to do a test drive in the group and then bring them in. Now, another thing that leaders need to do, you need to get your head and your heart right ready for this fall. One of the things you need to do next is spend some time before the Lord. Some of you may still be mourning what has been lost. It's time to release that mourning. It's time to stop. It's time to realize there's a new day coming. And it's time to let go. You can sit and mourn and mourn and mourn. And it's not going to change anything that's happened. It's not going to change what you've lost. There comes a point where you have to shake off the sackcloth and ashes and start rejoicing again. Start expecting again. Start praising again. Take your thoughts captive and reject the negative, the, the mournful, the sad, the loss, the bitterness, and put your heart squarely in the hands of the Father. Get your eyes locked in to His. Keep going. Maybe you've become cynical and critical towards families and how they've responded to the reopenings of things and how they haven't come back. Instead of criticizing and critiquing them, find ways to minister to them. Find out what they need. Spend some time talking directly to families and asking them why they haven't returned. Asking them what would it take for them to return. Be bold in your asking. It's not about you and you can't take this personal. Um, and trust me, I'm one of those people that I'm sensitive to what people think, but you can't take it personally. This is about them and their relationship with the Father, not their relationship with you or your church. You're just trying to help them stay faithful and, and, and be committed to the cause of Christ, but it's not your responsibility to make sure it happens. Your job is to go out, share Jesus, and disciple others. To focus on what you have, not what you don't have. So at some point, you've got to let go of the cynicism and the critiques, and you've got to just focus on those you have, love the ones you have, encourage the ones you have, build up the ones you have, resource the ones you have. And the rest, leave to God.
he's got this. It's his world. It's his creation. It's not our job to be cynical and sad and critical. We're to let it go. Focus on what we have. Let go of the past. And some of us have to let go of our pre-COVID mentality. The world has changed. The culture has shifted. We know it. It's time to accept it and move on as the new now and go. What do we have to do? What's at risk if we keep trying to operate in the pre-pandemic ministry world? If we try to keep doing the same things the same way, what's at risk? Think about that question. Talk about it with your teams. What's at risk if we say, we're going to just let loose and go? We're not going to be afraid. (laughs) I want you to think about, instead of saying, no, we can't, what can God do if we're available? What can God do if we reach out and try this? Maybe you need to shift from a large group, small group model to doing a center stage and have table groups. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a different way of of doing large group, small group, where, and it's it's more of a mix instead of half and half. Um, maybe it's a start with large group, go to small group, and come back to large group. There's lots of ways to do things. So ask, what if, and why can't we? Test run it, try it, <laughs> do it for a few weeks, and evaluate it, tweak it. Think about. It. What is it going to take to grow the ministry from where we are now? Not where we were before COVID, but where we are now. What do we have to do to reach people with the gospel of Jesus? So much of what we're focused on lately, it seems, is what are, where are those people? Where are, why aren't they coming back? Hold it. Jesus said, I haven't come to help the healthy. I came to help the sick. Don't lose sight of those who need Jesus the most. Those are the people we have to focus on. Those are the people to say, what do I have to do next to reach them? What do I have to do next to share the love of Christ with them? What do I have to do next to serve them? And you know what? It may be just a few simple little things. But a few simple little things can be huge in God's hands. Think about that little boy who showed up on the hillside the one day. Mom made him take a lunch, maybe, or, you know, I don't know if he asked for a lunch or mom made him take a lunch, but he had his lunch. And he got there and the disciples, they weren't prepared. They had been responding to things and reacting to things, I should say, that Jesus was doing. And they weren't ready for a big crowd and they weren't ready to take care of them. And Jesus turned it on him and said, hey, you know, what do you want to do? And they were dumbfounded. They had no idea. And somehow, some way, Andrew finds that boy with that lunch. And Jesus took it and took something small and made something huge out of it. (laughs) Think about it this way. You feel like today all you've got is a Lunchable. You know, a few pieces of meat and some crackers, some cheese. And you're wondering, what can God do with just this little bit that I have? Well, I want you to remember that little boy and his Lunchable. 
Jesus fed over 5,000 people with it. That same God can take the little bit you have, the little bit you're caring with, the little team you've pulled together, and he can make the most of it, my friend. But you have to believe it. I don't want you to stand back like the disciples when there was 12 baskets of leftover and go, wow. We should be like, yes, I expected him to do that because that's my God. He can take my Lunchable and make something beautiful. And then he can show me what to do next. Listen, if you're lost, if you're struggling, just sit before the Lord with your Bible and say, God, what do I do next? Show me. Speak to my heart. Confirm to me and my team what we need to do. How much time do you spend with your team praying over what's next? Or do you just go into cruise control because this is what we always do to the fall. So this is what we always do. Where does the power of God come into play? Where does handing over the Lunchable take place? Think about that. If I can help you in any way, I'm here for you, my friends. The KMC Kid Ministry Collective Community Facebook group is here. We want to serve you. KMC Coaching is here to serve you. I am here to serve you, my friends. If there's anything I can do, please reach out. I'm serious. This is what I do full time. I'm supported by the, the gifts and, and prayers of many friends and family. I'm growing my financial team as we speak, and I'm trusting God for what's next. Even this week, I'm going to be sitting before the Lord for the KMC ministry and for restoring leaders to say, God, what's next? I feel like all I've got is a little lunchable, to be honest. I don't have much. I don't have 50 million courses and classes to sell, and I don't have a lot. I don't have the glitz and the glamour, guys. I'm just a simple guy who wants to help leaders lead more and reach more. I want to help hurting and burned out leaders find restoration and healing so they can stay in the ministry battle. Because what's at risk for all of that is children won't get to hear about Jesus because a leader quits and walks away. A child won't get to hear about Jesus because a church wasn't thinking about them because they were too busy mourning those who were already inside the four walls that just hadn't come back yet. So again, what do I do next? Start with your Lunchable. Start with talking to God. And then see what he does. One last time. My name's Tom. I'm your host. I'm your friend. I'm a fellow servant. I hope you'll join me again for another episode of the Kid Ministry Collective podcast real soon. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Kids Ministry Collective Podcast. We hope that it's helped and encouraged you. If you would, support our podcast by continuing to share it with other leaders. And if you haven't already, hey, please subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. We look forward to hearing from you how this podcast has helped and sharpened your skills and ministries. So let us know on your Facebook page or head over to kmccoach.net and share with us there. 
And thanks again for listening to the Kid Ministry Collective Podcast.